What is up, bros, and welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of it of the nerd life. Uh, this week on the podcast, we will be um, going over some 4K spotlight. We got a huge Marvel title coming out um, with Through the Wall. Uh, we uh, got our official first, or not, okay, official trailer um, for uh, Turning Red. I actually thought it was just called Red. I don't know why. Considering I just watched the trailer, I don't know how I thought that it was just called Red. That's what I thought, too. Like, okay. I thought it was called, like, even when, like when I was talking to you about it earlier, I called it Red, and then I saw it was called Turning Red. But Red is the one with, like, Bruce Willis and all the, like, the other old yeah. <laughs> actors, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, And then, um, after that... Um, well, you know, actually, uh, with Through the Wall, I think, uh, me and Caleb want to share our first initial thoughts about a certain show that premiered today, uh, the 24th. So we just want to give our quick, uh, reaction to what we've seen so far with that. Um, and then we'll be moving into our Albers headliner of the evening, which will be our breakdown of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Hells yeah. Yeah. So what do you say we get started? So let's do it. That wasn't the right one. <laughs> Hello, my name is Brucker Nurse, and I want to tell you about my fun horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. On my show, I like to have fun dissecting out what makes a horror movie scary, what worked for it, what didn't, what types of fears does it play off of. Is it an allegory for any sort of message? I don't know, but let's find out. Also, I like to watch slashers. I'm a big slasher guy, so... I'll watch a slasher and do a kill grade for it. I will cover the kills and I will tell you how I would grade it based on shock, method, style points, and a fourth category that is a reflection of the movie. Besides those, I'll have fun with special topic episodes, commentary tracks, interviews with guests, including some Shutter directors, so I just like to have a fun time over here. If any of this sounds interesting to you or you just want to come check me out, please head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere they listen to podcasts and search for Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Also, be sure to find me on Instagram, at Brucker Horror, where you get fun updates and some cool little posts that I do. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you get to enjoy the show, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye. All right, so first starting out with the 4K Spotlight. Um, okay, okay, one second. Yeah. I would like to address that the soundboard is still relatively new to us, so anyone who wants to make fun of me can go screw themselves. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> that was very abrupt, though. Just the way you said anyone that makes want to make fun of me, they can go... What did you say? <laughs> they can go F themselves. The, F screw themselves. themselves. Da yeah, damn, you're not just like, well, kiss my ass. No, it's go F themselves. Okay. <laughs> It's very abrupt. Okay, <laughs> it's still a new thing. I'm, I like I forget. Like I almost just did like the normal like couple second silence that we usually do, and then I was like, "Oh shit, wait!" And so I was getting ready, and so I think I just I need I just need to reorder these because I have it so it's like all of our normal intro stuff is mm -hmm. like 
because I have like hotkeys set with like my F buttons at the top. So I have F1, like our intro music. F2 is is the the post intro or not post intro. That's the like the in between music between our new segment and our uh, our headliner. I have a clapping one that I've never used on this show. <laughs> and then I have all the uh, the promos for all the shows that we we like to give shout outs to. So yeah, I just feel like a like a fool now. <laughs> I still like it. It's okay, Caleb. It's okay. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho getting to 4K spotlight. <laughs> um the uh big and only release this week is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And for the first time in a while, I actually like the 4K cover better than the Steelbook. Do you really? Yeah, the 4K the Steelbook is just a picture of Shang-Chi just like standing there like looking menacing. But the 4K cover is him, like, remember when it's him and, um, oh my god, what is, what is his dad's name? I know he goes by, like, many names, but what's his, like, name that he usually goes by? Oh, know? balls. You know what, I'm just gonna call him Basically the Mandarin. The ma- yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Okay, because <laughs> he did say Mandarin. he's, yeah, okay, but, so you remember that one scene that's, like, on, like, every poster where, like, both of them are, like, doing their their ring thing? Mm-hmm. With yeah, with their fists. So it's it's just Shang Chi, but he's doing that on the cover. I think that looks so much better than just a very very close up of Shang Chi just on the steelbook. It's kind of it's a little boring, honestly. But so the 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 cover is boring, but then the inside is exactly the shot that I just said. But now you're adding his dad. So mm. I like the inside artwork it's just i wish that the front was a little better (laughs) do i think one that would have been really cool is doing that scene where they're holding the the rings like that and kind of doing like that grapple Mm -hmm. from like a different perspective doing it from like a a top down perspective Ooh, yeah that would have been really cool yeah that would have been like way cool and then have the uh, like the Ten Rings logo just kind of around them, and then yeah. Shang Chi on the top. Oh my gosh, yeah, that'd have been dope, <laughs> dude! I swear, Caleb needs to design design steel books. Like, come on, dude! Freaking designing our our episode artwork's hard enough, and now that I've <laughs> okay, thrown well, in animation enough. with it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but so yeah, so it's getting a regular 4K release, a Steelbook release, as well as a Target exclusive 4K release. And I think I talked a couple weeks ago about this, how like it's kind of boring to me. Some people might like it, um, but just for me, it's kind of boring. Um, it's literally just the Ten Rings. Like it looks like the Ten Rings like traveling through space. There's like a lot of blue going on in the background. The rings just swooshing by. I don't know. It's like it. It looks cool for what it's going because it's supposed to be like an art edition of it. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. Hmm. I mean, I get it. Yeah. But you know what? If it does it for you guys, that's great. Um, that is a Target exclusive. If you guys want to pick it up. Uh, I'm. 
yeah, that 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 is it for four K Spotlight. So guys go pick up Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It's a great Marvel film. Don't watch it on Disney Plus. Go actually own the physical copy. <laughs> or go watch it on Disney Plus. <laughs> no, they need to own a physical copy. No, they don't, Rose. Quit yes, trying they to do. shove that down people's throats. I will continue to shove that down people's throats until the day that physical media truly dies, and I hope that never happens. It's getting there. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, the day that physical media dies, you don't get any free digital codes. I'm just saying. That is an absolutely fair point. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> all right but let's be real though if physical media dies eventually the blu-ray players are going to die out and then one day you are not going to be able to watch your physical media anymore <laughs> because you will not be able to find a blu-ray player for super cheap and guess whose account you're going to want to bum off <laughs> I mean, I already do that anyway, but yeah, okay, you got a point there. See, we're helping each other. I'm creating... Uh, yeah. I, you're you're buying the, the content that is slowly dying out, and I am keeping a digital version of that collection for you. So you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thanks for having my back. It's like, and I just bought myself another couple months of... <laughs> Free movies. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> That's right. how you do it, folks. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, first up with uh, this week's sneak peeks or through the wall. God damn, sneak peeks has been dead forever. Um, yeah, it so has. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Doing a little throwback for you guys. Uh, with Through the Wall, uh, we got our first official trailer for Turning Red, the new Pixar film coming out next year. And um, like Caleb said, we both thought this was <laughs> called Red, even after watching the damn trailer. Yep. Um, but this looks very interesting. Apparently, so it's so it's about a girl that um is the kind of uh, girl that like doesn't give a shit about what anyone thinks about her. She does what she wants. She wears what she wants. She loves her uh, little group of friends that she has. They love hanging out with each other. They get each other. But then one day, um, well, no, is it one night? Um, she has like kind of like a. Would would you say it's a dream or would you say it's like a uh? What's the word? A, uh... God damn it. Like a vision? There we go. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Um, of, basically, in her heritage, um, there is... Oh my god, what is it? Like, there, there's, like... What is it? Like, the red panda, like, runs in their family that, like, this, this thing will happen to where, um, if, like, a certain... Wasn't it, like, a certain, like emotion takes you over you turn into the red panda it seems like it's strong emotions yes that's what it is um oh sorry you go ahead no that that's all i was gonna say it just seems oh. like it's very strong emotions but if i had to take a guess 
I'd say it's more of the of a vision or just like okay. that unlocking of that curse or ability or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, basically, you know, she turned to a red panda. She, of course, freaks out. And apparently her mom says that it runs in the family. I would literally be like, "This is the sh- these are the shittiest genes I've ever seen. Thanks, mom. Dude, I thought red pandas were like super small. I didn't even know there were red pandas. Yeah, um, I'm gonna see. <laughs> that like, was just how black big... and white pandas. Red pandas. They're like eight to fourteen pounds. Damn. Yeah, they really are small. Yeah, they're like little dinky creatures. Like, why is her panda so freaking big? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sir. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, guess that's an interesting choice by Pixar. Yeah, maybe it's just like, oh, they're like a mystical red panda. Huh. Yeah, um, I am not. Oh, let's see. Was there a giant big panda? Um, it is roughly the size of a domestic cat with a longer body. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow, that's all I can say about that. It's just wow. Okay, um. So. Okay. But yet, no. In this universe, the freaking red panda is god. It seems like what, like seven or eight feet. Yeah, unless this is like a weird reverse world where they're just like all really tiny. That would be one hell of a trip that they explain at the end of the movie. That would be hilarious. It's just like, nope, they're just all super small, and she becomes a normal-sized red panda. (laughs) Um, Did you know in, like, a red panda is actually what the, um, uh, what's-his-face, Shifu from Kung Fu Panda is? I didn't. Yeah, he's a little red panda. <laughs> oh. Okay, good to know. You know what's really sad? I still have not seen Kung Fu Panda 2 or 3. Yeah, you're not missing a lot. Oh, really? Oh. Um, they I'll say that Kung Fu Panda is definitely the best of the 3. Cause, okay. Duh. Two fair. Two is was okay not as good as the first and then the third one was just a little bit too much like it just kind of followed the same formula like with each go where it was oh someone didn't think that he could do this one thing he trains really well has this fight and then they show off this one ability that oh only like great masters can do this and then he eventually like does it at the end as a finishing move Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, like I don't. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. They're um they're very formulaic. It's kind of like if you've watched the first one, you've you've basically seen the premise for the others. <laughs> okay, kind of hate it when sequels do that, but okay. Yeah, it sucks, but I mean. I turned turned on Kung Fu Panda 2 and 3 as background noise 
Mm, okay. And like I had a decent enough time. Like there were some jokes that I I caught that were pretty funny. Other than that, it's not one you really have to pay super close attention to. Like I just say, if if you, if you want something that's going to be good background noise, do that. Okay. Oh, really quickly. I'm sorry. Before and we'll get back to talking about the trailer. I promise. Um, but really quickly, have you um. Did you did you know that uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog is on uh, Paramount Plus as well Are as you shitting Davis? me? Yeah, it's yeah, it's on Paramount Plus too. Oh snap! I I'm gonna warn that. you right now though. The when he's just like a little puppy still, the CGI is just as bad as you thought it was. Oh great! Yeah, I'm like, oh, I am biting my lip about how bad that looks. <sighs> okay, good movie though. Well, I haven't watched it all yet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So far though, like I'm actually like it's it's very innocent. It's not like great, but like it like I I feel it it's like appreciating the source material so far. Okay. Like innocent as in like Stuart Little levels of innocent? Yes. Okay. I would say that. That's yeah, I didn't that's hate a great Stuart, comparison. Yeah, I didn't hate Stuart Little's, but so I I actually I'll check it love out. Stuart Little. Yeah, I I okay. I might actually check it out tomorrow. Like yeah, put that on while Iris is playing. Yeah, there we go. I just need to finish it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but getting back to the other thing that is red, big red, um, turning red. God damn it! <laughs> Not big red. <laughs> oh wow, that's gonna be one of those episodes. Oh yeah. <laughs> um it starts yeah. early yep it starts very early uh anyway uh so i mean I, I know me and caleb were talking about this earlier this is like the first like thing that we've seen to where like it actually like we get the story that's happening here because the teaser trailer i was like kind of confused as hell what was going on because literally one minute she's just sitting in her classroom, like talking to her teacher. And then the next she like turns into a red panda. I'm just like, what the hell just happened? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm uh, glad to know a... like why it happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I wasn't completely sold on, on the movie until this trailer. Like it looks like it's going to be super funny. Um, a lot of people are pointing out it's very similar to um, American Dragon. You remember that show? I do, and I am so okay with that because I loved that show growing up. Yeah, so it was like this thing that runs in the family of him being able to turn into a dragon. Um, but like, kind of just different here where it's the same thing. But what a lot of people were really appreciating and I really appreciate too, is that this isn't one where it's like, Oh, she obtains this ability and she has to hide it from friends and family while also dealing with this like social life and accepting of herself or trying to become the cool kid in school. Like it's she, like her friends know her family knows, and she's just trying to get back to maybe that, that level of confidence that she originally had while trying to control her panda abilities. Like it's just trying to get back to where she was instead yeah. of like trying to obtain a higher level of status in, in the school system. Yeah. Which I appreciate. And, um, 
I, f- I mean, would you? What was your favorite moment of the trailer? Ooh, honestly, it was probably the uh, the dodgeball scene where she just freaking panda like hulked out and threw the <laughs> threw the the ball. Dude, and I would like hate to fire. see. Yeah, see, I would hate to have seen if the kid didn't duck. <laughs> His head would have gotten taken off. Probably. Um, oh, gosh, like such a great little moment. And I love like the vibe of this, too. It doesn't. This is Pixar. Yes. I love how this doesn't quite feel like everything else Pixar's done. It kind of has a, a an anime feel to it. It does, especially I, I don't know, like it. The animation feels a little different than what Pixar has done. Like I mean, like the humans still kind of look like Pixar humans, but I don't know. It feels a little different, and I like it. Yeah. Um. For those of you who haven't seen it, the way that I would describe this is, if I mean, if you haven't seen. Okay, the Mitchells versus the Machines animation, if that were to meet um, Pixar. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good comparison. It's just that very, like, sharp, like, everything seems to have, like, a lot of weight and, like, snaps into place, but also feels, like, not super two-dimensional. I don't know. I don't, I I have no idea how to describe it other than that. <laughs> other than the no the no Pixar no, with a little, a... um, maybe even okay for those of you who haven't seen the Mitchells versus the Machines, like if it was like I'm trying to like compare it to another movie, maybe Into the Spider Verse became a little bit more three dimensional. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah, like it's, that. It's Pix, it's Pixar, it's Pixar, and Sony, Sony Animation's Love Child. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, because yeah, I forgot. Mitchell's versus the Machines is also Sony Animation. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would say my favorite moment was um the freaking uh, stall scene where the girl, the so she turns into the red panda and a girl as she's like. Turning, uh, turning into the panda comes out of the stall, and it's just like O M. And before she can get to the finish her G, she just pushes her back into the stall with her paw. It's really <laughs> freaking funny. If this trailer has any indication to how well this is going to be written, like I'm so hyped. I'm so yeah, me too. Hyped. Yeah, when is it? So it comes out in 2022, right? Ooh, good question. I. I... Dude, I I'm so bad at paying attention to the release date. <laughs> um, yeah, so March 11th of 2022. Oh hell yeah! I just might have to go check that out. Yeah, same here. Future review, probably. Uh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> probably. Yeah, we could. De- yeah, we could basically guarantee that. <laughs> um, yeah. Any other thoughts about? Turning red trailer? Not really. Um, What's your anticipation ex- level? Uh, probably like a seven and a half. I'd agree with you. 
like I'm excited enough. Probably not going to be like, oh, I need to see opening day or opening weekend or or anything like that. But I'm 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 excited enough to go see it when it like when it's probably still in theaters. Yeah, this might be like uh like say I'm like clocking out of work and I'm just like you know what I kind of feel like seeing a movie today. This is what. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel. So yeah, about seven and a half. All right. What about you? Uh, same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, so, yeah, so that's it for turning red trailer. Uh, moving on. Uh, we just want to uh, give our quick initial thoughts. Uh, of the first two episodes of Hawkeye. Those came out today, November 24th. You guys can go uh, watch those right now. And you guys should do that because the show is freaking great. Um, are, we addressing, are we addressing spoilers or are we going to try doing the spoiler free? What do you think we should do? That's a tough one because it, it came out today. Yeah. So by the time this gets released, Hawkeye will only have been out for four days. Yeah, so let's, yeah, let's keep the spoiler free. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, overall this show so far is not disappointing me at all. Um I know a lot of people have uh shared complaints that, you know, it's called Hawkeye, but the first two episodes really don't share focus on uh Clint Barton. It's kinda more so Kate Bishop's storyline and introducing her. And I am absolutely okay with that. I think that's great. Um her storyline is fantastic with her uh with her um you know, her uh her relationship with her mom um the way that she actually like is introduced to hawkeye and uh the um how she picks up uh you know like learning archery and all that fun stuff it's really really well executed i loved it um and the people like like i said people complaining about oh it's called hawkeye but it focuses on kate bishop guys read the comics she takes up the alliance of hawkeye as well there's two hawkeyes in marvel yep um so, like, yeah, I'm okay that Renner's uh, Clint ha- is not pro- – he's not very prominent in the first episode, but I feel he's very prominent in the second episode. Just because at that point, Kate and Clint have actually, like, met each other. Um, So, yeah, like, uh, everything that we're getting with the tracksuit mafia is great. Um, I thought that, like, they would seem, like, very campy, and they are, but it's working. I'm loving it. Um, yeah, the, the, um, dynamic between, uh, Renner and Steinfeld is great. They are amazing as Clint and Kate both are just incredible. I can't wait to see the rest of the rest of the show. The next four episodes should be amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. Go watch it. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Um, I mean, just to freaking top off what rose said it is very well executed it it does like honestly i don't even think they needed to do a two episode release like they had me hooked off the first one yeah same here so just knowing that i had a second i was just like oh yeah (laughs) i mean it's understandable why they did it though because you know they want to finish the series uh like right before christmas instead of after yeah so that makes sense but everything that they've done so far has kept me intrigued. Everything, like, it's just, it's working in the best possible way. And 
I think this kicks off like action wise probably just as strong, if not stronger than uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I agree. Even though this series is definitely more grounded, um, because you know that's why I love about the show. I love grounded superheroes. That's why Hawkeye's my favorite. Um, so the fact that it's just you know like people uh fighting in stri- uh like um alleyways. Um, of course you know like it's just Clint and Kate with their bow and arrows. I love that kind of shit, and they're doing great with it so far. Yeah, they're doing super good. I'm definitely excited for the future of of this show. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So excited. Yeah. But I think that's as far as we can get without getting into spoilers. Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) honestly, I feel feel once the show concludes, do you want to, like, give our, like, full... um, Or, I mean... well, because, yeah, no, we never did it with all the any of the other Marvel shows, so I don't we know. We can get a bonus episode if you want. Dude, I'd actually be down for that if you're up for it. <laughs> you, I'd be dude, down. Dude, you know, you know I can talk a lot about Hawkeye. Yeah, we, we'll, so. we can definitely figure something like that out. Sweet. Okay, cool. So... Maybe expect something big with Hawkeye for a future episode. We'll see. Or sorry, a bonus episode. Um, but yeah, so moving on. Before I get any more of a uh, Hawkeye hard on, um, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, fair enough. Um, yeah, dude. Like honestly, when like freaking uh, Clint and Kate first like started talking, like when uh, yeah, like. Freaking like my heart was like racing. I'm like, oh my god, this is actually happening. Clint and Kate are actually <laughs> meeting in the MCU. This is amazing. Um, but okay, yeah, you so turn, yeah, you, it sounds like you turn into that dude from Iron Man three where he's talking to his mom. He's like, Mom, I gotta go. Something magical's happening. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> that is the perfect way to explain it. Um, but yeah. So moving on to, uh, well, let's move on to our All Bros headliner of the evening. What do you say? So let's do it. All right. All right. So for this week's All Bros headliner, we will be breaking down the highly anticipated Ghostbusters Afterlife film. Hell yeah. Dude, I, I don't know why, but when I went to go see this movie, Brielle was so confused. She's just like, didn't this movie come out like two years ago? <laughs> I have no idea why she thinks that. but I mean, it was pushed back like four damn times, so, you know, understandable. <laughs> That's fair. I I did not remember that. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? Understandable, real. <laughs> um. But so I think we forgot to share the question of the week, didn't we? We sure did. Yeah, we suck. Um. Yep. Well, it was going to be. Well, wasn't it going to be? What was your, What is your favorite uh, piece of ghostbusting ghostbusting equipment? Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you have a favorite? <sighs> Honestly, after this, I really liked the RC <laughs> trap. Yeah, dude, that thing was cool as hell. That was super cool. But other than that, I'm kind of partial to the proton pack. Yeah, same here. Like honestly, it will all day every day it will be the proton pack. That will yeah, be I, my I was bet- I was between that and the Ecto 1. I don't know. It's hard to pick between those two cuz they're both ugh, such amazing pieces. Yeah, I'm actually glad that we got to see a little bit more like the inner workings of Ecto 1. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I appreciated that as well. Um, but before, well, okay, so yeah, so that was supposed to be our question of the week, but sorry guys, we did not post it cuz we, <laughs> we suck. suck. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so moving on, uh Caleb, would you like to tell people how we break down movies on this podcast? Hell yeah. All right. If you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. Um, The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal grade at the very end. Um, Then all of that magic gets added up, thrown into our our algorithm, and then spits out a letter grade for us. Yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. I don't know why I said that. So, if you have not seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, feel free to pause The hell is wrong with you? (laughs) We waited 32 years for this damn movie. Uh, Go check this movie out. Come back and then listen to our our breakdown we are going to spoil the entire freaking movie so if you have not seen it after this point and we spoil it for you eh, too bad so sad yeah uh so no remorse without, here yeah no remorse without further ado uh rose would you like to read off the synopsis for us i would love to all right, so 32 years after stopping the, wow, dis, I'm already screwing up, despotic spirit Vigo, the Ghostbusters have disbanded after a decline in supernatural activities in New York City. Egon Spangler has relocated to Somerville, Oklahoma, where Gozerian cultist Evo Shandor's mining operations are located. Egon captures a bestial entity from one of the mines, aiming to lure a more powerful entity to his farm to trap it. When the trap fails, he runs inside his farmhouse, hiding the ghost trap in a secret compartment located beneath the living room floor. Egon struggles with an entity similar to his captive before his quarry and suffers a fatal heart attack. Callie, Egon's estranged daughter, and her two children, Trevor and Phoebe, are evicted from their city apartment and moved to Egon's farm, which he has left to Callie. Trevor meets a local girl, Lucky, and gets a job at the diner where she works. Phoebe is enrolled in a summer science class at a local middle school. Her mentor is eccentric seismologist Gary Gruberson, whom Callie later dates. Janine Melnitz informs Callie that Egon has left enormous debts and the house and land are worthless. 
Phoebe discovers the house is haunted and finds a PKE meter under Egon's chair. An unseen ghost ghost leads her to the hidden ghost trap while Trevor finds and repairs the dis. Oh my god, dilapidate dilapidated dilapidated. I think that's the word dilapid dilapidated ecto one vehicle. Wow, I've been waiting so long to use this. F you. <laughs> I'm so glad you. I finally got a use for it. <laughs> Screw you. Um, uh, Lucky takes Trevor to an old mine shaft with her friends where they encounter a glowing apparition. Phoebe shows the ghost trap to her new friend podcast and Gary reveals he is an aspiring and Gary reveals he is an aspiring ghostbuster conducting his own investigation on Somerville. Despite not sitting on an epicenter, the town has been consistently experiencing strange earthquakes, which he suspects have a supernatural cause. Gary, Phoebe, and Podcast tamper with the ghost trap, and the bestial entity, revealed to be one of the dem- demigod Gozer's minions, escapes into Shandor's mine. The ghost leads Phoebe to an underground lair where Egon kept his equipment. Realizing the ghost is her grandfather, Phoebe repairs Egon's proton pack under his direction. She and Podcast test it the next day when they encounter Muncher, a metal-eating ghost, but Muncher initially escapes, capture, and flees into Somerville. After Phoebe informs Trevor that they are descendants of a Ghostbuster, the trio chase Muncher into the ect- in the Ecto-1 God and successfully capture him. However, the police arrest them for property damage, confiscating the Ecto-1, and other ghost-busting gear. Uh, Phoebe calls the Ghostbusters number and reaches Ray's stance. He explains that when Egon's teammates doubted his belief in the coming apocalypse, he then stole the car and gear and moved to Somerville. Trevor, Phoebe, Lucky, and Podcast find a temple dedicated to Gozer inside the mine. They also find Evo Shandor in suspended animation and a device Egon set up to contain any potential incursion by Gozer whose escape attempts to whose escape attempts are causing the earthquakes. Gary and Callie are possessed by Gozer's minions, Vince Clortho and Zul the Gatekeeper, respectively, and go to Shandor's mine. The Keymaster destroys Egon's containment system, allowing Gozer to manifest and Shandor to awaken. The former then kills the latter. The kids discover Egon's plan to trap Gozer, and, donning the Ghostbusters' jumpsuits, they enter the mine to enact it. Phoebe distracts Gozer and podcast traps Zool, freeing Callie and causing Gozer's form to falter. They flee the mine to Egon's farm, drawing Gozer there, but the trap fails and Gozer frees Zul. Zul possesses Lucky and Gozer is restored. Ray arrives with Peter Venkman and Winston Zedmore to aid the Spanglers and their friends, but Gozer overpowers them by uncrossing their proton streams. Phoebe battles Gozer herself, and Egon's ghost materializes beside his granddaughter to help. Phoebe and the Ghostbusters restrain Gozer while Trevor charges the trap with his proton pack, and the traps are triggered, capturing Gozer and its minions within them. Egon reconciles with his family and friends before vanishing into the afterlife. After getting acquainted with the group, the surviving original Ghostbusters return to New York City with the Ecto-1 and equipment. 
In a mid-credits sequence, Venkman and Dana Barrett play with Venkman's ESP cards and shock machine, while a post-credit sequence reveals Winston as a wealthy family man who uses his resources to maintain the Ghostbusters properties. He has the Ecto-1 completely restored and placed in their old firehouse. In the final shot, a warning light is shown blinking on the firehouse's Ecto-containment unit. Oh, wow. How, do I, how did I screw that one up so bad? <laughs> a for effort. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Starting off with this one. The story, we are sitting at a 91 for this one. Hell yeah. Um, I feel that this is a very good uh, direction to take a Ghostbusters 3 film. Um, I feel it's kind of hard to, uh, I don't know, I would struggle taking it any other direction knowing that they're, you know, unfortunately we lost Harold Ramis, so it'd be hard to do anything bringing the original three back to be like main plot points of the film just because you'd still feel like you'd be missing someone. Um, so the idea that it's focused on, you know, Egon's family with uh, his daughter, his granddaughter, and his grandson um and how uh her his uh, granddaughter phoebe discovers uh that he was a ghostbuster discovers how much he loves science and because you know um how much she relates to her grandfather um just it, it it's very heartfelt and it's a uh, it's it's very based on family and i really liked what they did with this film for a ghostbusters movie yeah i really dug it too um I don't know. They're like they did a really good job with this. Like this is exactly what I feel Force Awakens had the potential to be. Yes, because it doesn't spit in the face of the original. Yeah, exactly. Um and I say that like I say that even though I actually like the Force Awakens, but th- like Caleb said, th- yeah, this is the right way to do that kind of movie. Yeah, like, they they definitely, like, I think the reason, because out of the two of us, I was the one that was a little bit harsher on the story, and the only reason that I was that harsh was because it kind of, in a way, was a rehashing of the original story, but it made sense. It It didn't, like, I think it hit all the notes that it needed to. Mm-hmm. But they made everything make sense. Um, so, like, one of the things that they incorporated, which I thought was really cool, um, the 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 mine that they got all of the the metal. Like, they there was a mine with some metal or some sort of, like, ancient metal that was supposed to harness the power for Gozer or kind of summon Gozer. The the big bad ghost from the original. Um, so the way that they they portrayed this was really cool. Um, or the way that they justified the building that Gozer was summoned to in the original was built using the metal mined from the from the. Uh, uh, what do you want to call it? The spring? What is it called? Springfield? It's not Springfield. No, 
uh, uh, Somerville. Somerville. It was nice built... Simpsons reference. Though. I know. I like it. <laughs> I've been watching Simpsons like way too much. Um, yeah. So the way that they summoned Gozer was with the metal mined from Somerville. And so that's why, like, they were able to summon that in, in New York, and so that's why the things were happening where they were happening in Somerville. And I really like that, like, just that, like, okay, then why did they come in, in uh, to New York? Like, why were they trying to summon them that lady in New York? And uh, the like, just the way that they, the justification of that was just like, oh, chef's kiss. It, yeah, it really was. And it also like explained really well like what happened to the Ghostbusters. Like yeah, they they tried making a business of ghostbusting. Business was really good and then the hauntings just became slower and slower and slower because Gozer was kind of the head of it all. Yeah. And even like Egon was was uh, apparently stated like none of these small hauntings matter anymore compared to this big one, this like world-ending one. So I thought like all of that, the way that they were just able to tie in the original and pull all of that other shit off was just so well done. Yeah, it really was, and um, I just really want, really quickly, want to talk about the ending to this film because um, it has been a while since I freaking ugly cried in a film. <laughs> um, when Egon's ghost first shows up, you know, I was like, you know, like in awe, but as it like went on, and you see that, like, especially like when it like starts panning out, and it's kind of like a, uh, you know, like it's Phoebe and Egon, but then they pan it out to where like, it's like actually like the four original Ghostbusters lined up again. And that, yeah, that's when I freaking started like really like happy crying. And then when they uh, like say one final goodbye to Egon, I just freaking lost it. It's like, no. Oh my gosh, dude. Talk about like expert craftsmen. Like they made Egon such a significant part of this movie and there's no other way that you could do it no like it was ah so well done so well done and he played a much bigger role in this than i thought he was going to yeah same here like honestly i wasn't expecting them to actually like uh him to be like the opening uh sequence i mean like you never actually see his face because you know of course they gotta hide that because unfortunately here harold ramus passed away um but the for what they were able to do with everything at the beginning with him you know hiding you know uh catching the one ghost hiding the trap dealing with like everything that was going on like honestly camera work alone was actually really good with what they had to do with hiding his face (laughs) Yeah, it was really well done. And the fact that they, like, I I figured that they were going to um, kind of, like, re, like, bring him back in some way. 
But I wasn't expecting them to like f- do a full reveal of him as a ghost. I wasn't either. Like that was just God, like, did I love it so good? Like because Phoebe's like using the the uh, the proton pack and just blasting the shit out of Gozer, and then like is losing her footing. But then like you just see these ghost hands grab on. I'm like, no way are they going to do this? And I thought they were just going to show like show the hands and maybe like pan up to like Phoebe's face where maybe her face was like right in line with his uh his jumpsuit and you would just see Spangler on it. Yeah, that's what I thought too. So I thought we were just going to see that and then have like a reaction moment from the original Ghostbusters. And but no, like when they panned up to his face, I was just like, "Are you shitting me?" <laughs> Like, this is freaking awesome. And then, like, with how much of a role he had after that, like, they did not hesitate to show his face again at all. And I love no. that. Yeah. And, like, kudos to them for, like, getting that uh, ghost to really look like Harold Ramis because, God, they killed it. You know what I'm willing to bet that they did? Hmm. I'm willing to bet that what they... Because how, how long ago did Harold Ramis pass? Uh, he passed away and one second. Like, was it recent or was it like a while ago? Uh, it was a while ago. Okay. Um, so what I'm willing to bet that they did is they took a picture of Harold Ramis and then just aged it like the best that they could. And then, yeah. And then did like all the, the other things like adding the beard and the hair and i think that they were really smart with adding a beard onto yes. him because that's the biggest thing that i think de-aging messes up it's always the lower face they get the upper face like usually spot on but it's the lower face that they screw up so i'm i'm glad that they were like just hide that shit <laughs> no and honestly it made sense because uh harold ramus uh got when he in his older years, uh, it was very rare when you saw him without a beard. I think he always had a beard. Oh, yeah. So I didn't so realize that. Actually. I thought that they. No, you're good. Okay. Then so that yeah, actually more. tracks. <laughs> um. So he uh, unfortunately passed away in 2014. Well, that's that's fairly recent. <laughs> oh. Well. Okay. Well, I, I don't know your recent. I don't know what your version of fairly recent and kind of like a long time ago is. Okay, my idea of like a long time ago or like a while ago was like late nineties, early two thousands. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but no, he died in the twenty tens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. F- fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, like everything that they did regarding him was I thought was really really well done. Um also a little bit glad that they didn't make him talk. I was very happy about that. It would have been weird. Like yeah, some yeah, someone's voice other than Harold Ramis coming out of Egon Spangler's ghost. Yeah, I, I I think they just did a really really excellent job with with handling Spangler because you can't 
like there was no other way to handle this. I feel. No, yeah, I absolutely agree. Because you couldn't just not have him in it at all. Because Ghostbusters, if especially if you're bringing back the original cast members, yeah, and it's Ghostbusters. Like even if you you didn't want to break, like even if you didn't like, just wanted to ignore him or just be like, oh, he was dead. He, it's Ghostbusters. Like you need to bring him back as a ghost. Like, yeah. So just you always, yeah. No, yeah, you always relate Ghostbusters to the original four Ghostbusters. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought that was really well done. And even though this was kind of a rehashing of the original story, I didn't hate it at all. Yeah, like I think what where um, Force Awakens suffered is that they were just they were retelling a new hope without addressing that they were they were address or recreating a new hope. In yeah. this, they they very much address that this has happened before in the the eighties. Yes. Yeah. So I. Oh, so good. Oh, you know, I uh, I'll admit I was very shocked that when uh Phoebe calls Ray, and um she's just like um, you you were and uh what was it, you and uh Egon Spangler were good friends, right? And that he just says Egon Spangler can rot in hell. I'm like, God damn, what the hell happened to you guys? With that, it didn't even it didn't feel like it was too aggressive either. Like it just felt like the way that he said it was just kind of like how how guys approach it. Fair. Like you could tell that there was a lot of sadness behind what he said. Yeah. Which yeah, which tracks? I mean, Spangler just kind of packed up and ran. Yeah, no, and so yeah, they like true. you could you could tell like these guys were hurt by it. Yeah, and then like is his attitude changed the second that he heard that that Egon was was gone? Yeah, yeah. Also, that scene proves that uh, Dan Aykroyd still has got it with acting. Yeah, but I mean overall, even though it is a rehashed story. It is very well done and makes sense, like why they brought it back. Yeah, and let's hope that they keep uh, Ghostbusters back because we all know what happened last time when they tried to bring it back. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough reaction. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So story is sitting at a ninety-one. Uh, moving on over to writing, we are sitting at a 91.5. <laughs> All right. Hell yeah. Yeah, just slightly higher. Um, what did you think of, of the writing overall? The writing was super solid, honestly. Um, I'd say the only one that I had a problem with when it came to the writing um, was um, Finn Wolfhard's character, Trevor. I don't know, his writing just came across... Like, his character, honestly, just came across as, like, kind of... Really a... You know, I'm just going to say really bitchy. A little bit, yeah. 
Like, if, if, if there was a character that could have easily been written out, it was Finn. <laughs> yeah. Which sucks, because Finn is a good actor. Yeah. It, he, his character was completely unnecessary for this. The only reason he is there is because he's the only one that knows how to work on cars. He, he's the only one that knew how to fix up Ecto-1. Yeah, which I think you could have just done that with anyone. <laughs> Hell, actually, I think um, it would have been really cool if uh, they brought, like, um, Paul Rudd's character, Gary, to uh, the farmhouse. And they that's when they discover, um, like, say, yeah, we write Trevor out of the story. It's just Phoebe. She's an only child. And she brings um, Gary to the barn, and they discover Ecto-1. And freaking he freaks out, and he's just like, can I please work on this? Like, can I please fix it up? I wouldn't have even done like gone that far i i would have just made um phoebe like really mechanically inclined and then have and then you just have like an extra scene where like basically just take out all of the the freaking (laughs) finn wolfhard scenes and throw in uh, more ghost interactions with uh egon and how having him guide Phoebe into fixing the Ecto one. Okay, fair. Because I mean, he she, he did that with the damn um, proton pack. Yeah. So it's like, why couldn't you have done that with with the uh, <laughs> the Ecto one? I mean, he technically kind of did that for Trevor though. Um, when he's like keeps trying to start it up, and when he finally says, uh, "Come on, darling," uh, Egon. Uh, his ghost fuses uh, the fuses together that were. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah I, I don't count that. Like, I think that would have worked with, with Phoebe just as well. No, no, no. I can agree with that. I mean, like, I didn't hate his character, but just the writing wasn't that great. Um. Yeah. Um. I mean, how did you feel? Okay, because I want your opinion. When it jumps into the, uh, you know, like, of course, like, the beginning is just, you know, like, uh, uh, kind of establishing, like, what happened with Egon. Well, technically, it's not said that that is Egon, but I kind of figure, well, no, not everybody knows. But, you know, it sets up his character well when you do actually find out that was Egon. Um, But when we're introduced to, uh, what's her name? Uh, What's the mom's name? Um, Uh, Callie. Cat. So when we're introduced to Callie, Trevor, and Phoebe, um, I don't know about you, but honestly, like it feels like so freaking abrupt. Like I feel like we really don't get like a whole chance, like a big chance to understand who this family is because literally it it jumps jumps right into the the mom giving Tre- or Callie giving Trevor a haircut, Phoebe fixing an electrical system. They get evicted, and then, bam, they're already at the uh, farmhouse. It feels like um, we kind of missed like a little bit of what should have happened before that. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like the beginning of this movie drug on a little yes. slow. So I wasn't super upset that they kind of rushed the intro to the, the new main characters. Okay, that's fair. No, no, I absolutely agree. It did um, drag on for a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, but... 
Yeah, I'm I'm still happy with my stories um grade. <laughs> like what no, I No, as am I. It's yeah. just that was just one of those things that and I think that could it definitely could have been a writing issue. Um Yeah. And this is where I feel like getting rid of of Trevor that's his name, right? Yes. And Wolfhart's okay. Yeah, this is where I think getting rid of Trevor would have really helped. Because then you could get into more ghost-busting stuff. And not this, like, ridiculous teen romance shit. <laughs> yeah. Hell, honestly, I would have taken it if it was just, um... Uh, they somehow still uh, met Lucky, and it was just Lucky, Podcast, and Phoebe. Because I actually really liked Lucky. Yeah, I did too. But I don't think you needed to, like, force her in through Trevor. I think you could have just gone through... Maybe Phoebe and Podcast were hanging out at the diner, and Lucky overheard and was just kind of is kind of interested in like that kind of stuff. Yeah, and just yeah, wanted exactly. to be part of it. Like that, you could have so easily written Trevor out. Yeah, nothing against Finn Wolfhard, great actor. Um, it's just the char- the character of Trevor could have been written very v- much better. Yeah, like the only thing that he did of any sort of significance in this, besides fixing the Ecto-1, was he was someone that, like, drove the the car. Yeah, that, and he's the one that uh, was able to uh, turn on the uh, big trap at the end. Yeah, but you could have done that with anyone. Podcast could have done that. Yeah, yeah, I felt bad for Podcast. He never actually got to hold a proton pack. I know, it's such bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> poor kid. Um Yeah. So I, I, I wish that they basically would have just split up whatever Trevor did between Podcast and Phoebe and maybe given um Lucky a bit more to do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, I thought like uh, Lucky was gonna be the one character that I feel was unnecessary. No, it's 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 Trevor, or like the one that I liked the least out of the uh, four new Ghostbusters. Technically, yeah, no, it's Trevor. Yeah, she kind of gets the uh, the Ernie Hudson treatment. <laughs> she does, but I mean, what which she is, is given, she does great with. Yeah, which is a little on. I mean, I I'll say this: it's borderline racist because she is the only black character <laughs> um i mean i guess you could say that with the 2016 one as well because uh leslie jones's character patty it's the same thing i feel like she had more to do though yeah i mean but uh, yeah i mean the i yeah i mean it seems that it's always the um the uh black actor african-american actor um that is like not the scientist. Right. It's kind of interesting. Um, but yet with Ghostbusters Afterlife, you can argue that because Trevor isn't a scientist either. Yeah. Well, I'll give no, you that. no, no, no. Po- yeah, I mean, podcast. I think, they, I think they were just so, so for pushing for th- four characters. Yeah, which you they, know, I get it. Yeah, I think that they just they didn't need to do that. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. 
Like, I'm pretty sure we all would have been perfectly fine if there was only three Ghostbusters or three new Ghostbusters and then three alive old Ghostbusters with the fourth um, Egon. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I think we would have been perfectly okay. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. But, I mean, that's just, like, a minor writing issue. Because, I mean, obviously, it's just <laughs> we're a half point above the story. Yeah. So, definitely liked the writing a little more. Yeah, just just a, just a hair. Just a hair yeah. more. Little hair on your chinny-chin-chin. Um, everything else though, I think was really well done. Like the, the dynamic between Phoebe and podcast, it did have this, this, um, the sense of awkwardness that they, they quickly got over. Yeah. Can we talk about Phoebe's jokes? Because those were amazing. (laughs) The best one to me is the, what do you call a dead polar bear? Anything you want because it can't hear you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, not even like that. And I freaking love what they were saying between the, um Callie and Phoebe, where they're just like, "Oh, just hey, don't be yourself." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Did you appreciate the like Paul Rudd's character uh didn't uh like even though and then like this kind of goes with acting too um but like in a way Paul Rudd's character didn't like overshadow like the like actual like main ghostbusters Yeah, I I actually really liked that they kind of pushed him to the side a little bit. Yeah, I was okay with it. Very reminiscent of Oh shit. I forget his name. The original Keymaster. <laughs> oh, uh, Rick Moranis? Yes. Like, didn't give him too much to do, but just, like, a nice background character. Yes. Yes. So, I, I really dug that. Um, <laughs> speaking of Paul Rudd, though, um, did you catch the, <laughs> the Ant-Man nod? I don't know if I did. I don't know if it was like an Ant-Man nod, but it was just the way that <laughs> when he was going through the uh, the Walmart and picking out ice cream, all of the, the flavors that he was looking at were Baskin-Robbins. <laughs> oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, that, okay, yeah. That that would actually be a really nice nod to Ant-Man. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny. I'm just like, That's ah, cool. they did it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just something so stupid, but I'm just like, hey. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everything else like it's the movie really picked up the second they started getting into ghost busting. Yeah, when um, I feel when they uh, like honestly, after uh, Phoebe fixes up the proton pack. And um, they uh, first shoot off the proton stream when they're in that uh, that abandoned uh, God. What does podcast call it? Rust City, whatever. Um, I feel that's like when the movie really finds its footing. Oh yeah, 
Dude, how funny would it be if it was like that was the 40, 46 minute mark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know, podcast has a podcast that apparently didn't find its voice until episode forty six. That'd be that really be, funny. Um, that would be amazing. That would be freaking hilarious. It's like forty six minutes in, like the movie really finds its voice after that. <laughs> Dude, I would shit my pants if that's that'd be, what you planned that Reitman, didn't you? You planned that Jason Reitman. Dude, I the second that that movie comes out on like streaming or dvd like whenever you you get it i'm gonna skip like replay it skip to the 46 minute mark just to see what goes on (laughs) oh i love it um trying to see think of anything else like just comedic bits were really well done like we addressed like everything done with with Egon at the very end was really well done and nothing felt too out of place. No, uh uh-uh. Um and I think we have addressed it. The only writing that I feel was even a little bit wasted was Trevor. Yeah. Poor Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's hard to to drop the the writing grade any more than a ninety one and a half, just because like his character was just was that insignificant, <laughs> like yeah. his his character didn't like doesn't affect the movie in any way shape or form doesn't can't even really affect the grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a good point there. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, that uh, ninety-one and a half for writing, and getting into acting, it's a little bit lower. Uh, we're sitting at an eighty-seven. Okay, not bad. Yeah, so I think honestly, the one that dropped it the most for me was Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> yeah, for exactly the reasons that we addressed. Like his character was just like so, so wasted that it did kind of bring me out of the movie anytime he was on screen. Yeah, I just... Uh, he bitched about so much stuff. Yeah, right? Like, uh, God, what is that scene when they're... Uh, well, the mom... So, uh, the mom is taking the, uh, Trevor to work and then Phoebe to school. And uh, he asks, like, if she's been working on her jokes. And she... What is it? Like, she says, like, what's... The um, it was the Adam joke. Yeah, and just I don't know. I feel like the comment that he says this kid is kind of me. He's just like, mom's like, "What? That's funny." He's like, "No, it's not." You know, drop me off here. I don't want to be seen with you guys. Yeah, like some of that stuff felt pretty odd, but eh, I mean, could have been worse. No, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think the one scene that I was, like, ready to just, like, lose my mind over was when he was working and doing the inventory. Like, that just felt like such a stupid scene. Yeah. And yeah, it, that's... Like, it just sorry. wasn't performed very well. Like, neither Lucky nor 
Trevor were very good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it would just be me, but I'd have a hard time acting if I had to act inside of a freezer. <laughs> I feel like he's he's acted in worse though. It's like true. worse conditions than a freezer. Okay, fair. Um, also, I'd hate to have to do that kind of inventory. F that. Yeah, no joke. All right. Um, we didn't address like the the actors in this yet, but first up, we got our main character Phoebe, who is played by McKenna Grace. Um, which I feel she summoned her inner young Sheldon. She did, and I think that's really funny considering that she actually plays a character on Young Sheldon. Yeah, like when she was talking, I just I got major Young Sheldon vibes. And I'm like, she probably just got like some direction from the kid who plays Young Sheldon. Yeah. Ian Arbitage. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was really funny. Um next up I would say podcast would be the next big character i would say that like everyone's just kind of second fiddle to to mckenna but podcast yeah, is kind of her right hand uh who's portrayed by logan kim uh then we got trevor who is portrayed by finn wolfhard uh gruberson who is played by paul rudd uh callie uh phoebe and trevor's mom who is played by Carrie Coon. Uh, Lucky, who is played by Celeste O'Connor. And then we got the original Ghostbusters. Peter Venkman, Ray Stance, and Winston Zedemore. Is it Zedmore? Or just Z- Uh, It's Zedemore. Zedemore? Wait, then- no. Sorry, no, it's Zedmore. Zedmore? Okay, yeah. So Winston Zedmore, who is played by... Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and her Ernie Hudson, respectively. Actually, you know what? I don't know. I've heard it both ways. I'm pretty sure. I've heard it Zedmore and Zedemore. Hmm. God, now I don't even know. You know what? I'm going to go with Zedemore. <laughs> yeah. Dude, one thing I'm surprised at looking through this... Looking through the cast list... I'm pretty sure Egon was like a completely CGI character. They don't have anyone credited as playing um Egon. Really not even like the actual like person that they used at the beginning. I'm not seeing Egon on this this list. Wow, okay. I mean the ghost the ghost at the ending that one makes sense that of course that's all CGI. Um I'm kind of I feel like that... they would have someone there for reference at least. Fair. I feel if they ever do list the guy that plays him at the beginning they'd probably just put his title as dirt farmer. That's what I thought that they would do, but they have they have the ghost farmer. But huh. Let's see if this guy looks at anything like uh, maybe hold on I'm gonna look this up so it seems 
I mean, you were the one that f- that found this out. We we took a, a small pause, but apparently, the ghost farmer is, is what they're referring to Egon as. Yeah, that's I mean, a they should bullshit. refer to him as the go- the dirt farmer, considering that's what everybody called him. Yeah, that's what I thought he would be. Like I thought, well, for one, I thought they'd put him as Egon, and if they didn't put him as Egon, I thought they they would put him as the dirt farmer. Yeah, right. But no, they make they call him the ghost farmer, and he was portrayed by Bob Gunton, who did the uh, the scene at the beginning and the mocap. Yes, Is that what yeah. You said? Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, so that's who played Egon, technically. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, so who out of this cast was your top three? I have an idea of who your top three is, and I'll be surprised if we don't match a little bit. Okay. Not doing Should... original Ghostbusters. No, 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 no. Of course not. No, <laughs> they're they're hardly they're in the movie for like five minutes. So no. Okay. So um, f- your yeah top three. Uh. Should I do three, two, one, or one, two, three? Uh, do three, two, one. Okay. Uh, number three. Uh, I'm gonna give to podcast. Uh, freaking loved this kid. Um, I mean, you know, having a podcast really made me appreciate him even more. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I appreciated his work, and you know, I appreciate that his uh his podcast really found its foot uh, its voice around episode forty six. Dude, I freaking love the way that he. Like, people were, like, talking at him, like, with Gruberson when they were walking into the the house, and he's basically, like, podcast is sitting there with his mic, and he's saying, like, basically just describing what the house is like, and Gruberson's like, what are you doing? And he's just like, I'm painting a scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but yeah, so, so, he was great. Um, number two... I'm going to actually give to Lucky. Um, I don't know what it is. I actually really liked her character. Um, I wish they would have done more with her, but everything that we got, I really, really, really liked with her. Um, freaking, I loved the part where she just freaking kicked open the door and just blasted that proton pack. It goes there. It was such a badass moment. Um, and then number one, um, I feel this is probably going to be the same for both of us. Uh, it's going to go to Phoebe. Um, incredible character um mckenna grace really um just bring like you said brings out her young sheldon while also feeling like her grandfather she really does feel like egon spangler uh just a younger version and i loved it um her her quips uh her jokes were amazing um yeah uh, number one for sure loved her character yeah um I, I'll definitely agree with you. She's definitely top spot for me as well. Um, but my top two, or my top, my other two are, are di- actually different than yours. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. So my number two, I would actually give to uh, Podcast. Okay. Um, I thought he was just a really fun character. And I know he was just kind of comedic relief, but he played it in like 
in such a way that it wasn't annoying, which I feel is really easy to do with comedic characters. Um, or not comedic characters, um, with characters that you know are very obviously the comic relief. Um, and then my number three, I'm actually going to give to Gruberson, or who was played by Paul Rudd. Hell yeah. Love I thought the way that he was kind of the the introduction to the Ghostbusters for Phoebe and podcast was really great. Um, I loved the comment that he was that he made to podcast when he said like I'm surprised you don't know who the Ghostbusters are and podcast is just like I'm so ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that was something I'm surprised. I'm like, you like the paranormal. Like, how do you not know the Ghostbusters? Yeah, seriously. Um. So, yeah, that's my top three. I love it. How did you feel? Okay, Um. talking about, like, characters that, you know, didn't make our top three. Um, how did you feel about uh, Carrie Coon? I thought she did good. Um. Honestly, like, she just didn't crack my top three. Um. <laughs> She honestly probably sitting around four or five. Yeah, I, I I would agree. Honestly, she'd probably be my number five, and Paul Rudd would be number four. Yeah, um, my number four, like again, four or five she would probably go to Lucky. Okay, but I mean, she like Lucky wasn't bad. It was just she was also just kind of a very weird side character like i completely yeah. forgot that she, she was part of the plan when they were facing off against gozer at the the damn farm yeah, that's fair like that's she just comes, sad like she will sorry go ahead no you're good I, like the way that she just comes kicking out of the door i'm just like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it kind of was disappointing that she didn't get to ride necto one that was disappointing yeah, I wasn't too upset about it. Just because, like I said, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but like when when you strap on an original Ghostbusters jumpsuit, you should have the honor to actually ride an Ecto one. That that's just me. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> like honestly, she's probably leaning more towards my number five than Callie is. Okay, that's fair. I get you. But I'm like it just depends on the on the circumstances that they would but switch places. <laughs> but then Trevor is six for both of us, I'm assuming. Trevor is like down below the original <laughs> Damn <for me>. okay. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Finn. Like I'm pretty sure yeah, I'm the sheriff is probably higher than than Trevor is for me. Why? Because he got to deliver the classic line. Yeah, who are you gonna call? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that was great. They, I don't know why, but there's this like bit in in a Family Guy episode where. Peter was talking about like when they say the title of the movie in the movie and like they cut to this 
this scene where they're watching this movie and he says the title and he's just like, ah, he said the thing. <laughs> and oh like, God. that's exactly what I did in my head when he said, who are you going to call? I'm like, ah, he said the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so acting, like we said, sitting at an 87. Uh, moving on over to character development, we're sitting at an 87.5, and you're going to have to f- explain to me why you went up so damn high. What am I at? <laughs> you're at a 95. Damn, I didn't know I'd give it that high. Yeah, I was down at like an 80, <laughs> so you're going to have yeah. to explain this to me. Honestly, I don't even know, really know if I can explain it. You might have to uh, be changing that score, old friend. <laughs> Um, I'll have because... to do that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm assuming we both did Phoebe, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so, fr- from the get-go, you can definitely tell that Phoebe is an outcast. Um, she, uh, you know, doesn't really like talking to a lot of people. She doesn't have any friends. Um, even, even in her old... Uh, in the old place where they used to live before they moved to Egon's farm. Um, but you can definitely tell that, you know, she's a social outcast, but she loves science. Uh, she loves, um, working with, um, with, you know, like in that regard, that kind of stuff. Um, so just watching her, uh, story from starting off feeling like, you know, like I said, I'm going to keep saying social outcast, um, to her discovering who her grandfather is and where her love from, for science comes from and discovering that she, um, is not kind of like the weird one of the family, that there is actually someone that is just like her in the Spangler family. Um, and the fact that, uh, going towards the ending of her actually like basically making her grandfather very proud. And even though she got a little help from him, defeating Gozer. Um it's like a simple um I'd say I'd say it's a simple um character growth. Um but it's executed very well. Or not character growth, character development. Yeah, well same thing. Yeah. Um so realistically I would probably I'd probably do like an eighty five. I don't know why I said a ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hell, I didn't mean to talk you down that far, but... No, but no, you got a point. Yeah, uh, Phoebe... Like, she... I think she had a decent enough arc. Um, Like you said, just kind of... Just kind of... like It, was, it wasn't even really much of an, an arc, because she doesn't develop all that much. She just kind of sticks to her guns, more or less, throughout the entire thing. Um, kind of has some growth when it comes to her friendships and maybe not pushing people away like she does, or at least like, uh, like Egon did. Yeah. And so it's just like seeing her communicate a little bit better. And one thing that I, I'm wondering if they wrote her with, um, with autism, 
because Ooh. The, the way that she was explaining the podcast, like when podcast brought up like, oh, how do you feel about Gruber and your your mom? And she's just like, oh, I hate it. Like it it makes me disgusting, but I don't show emotions like like other people do, like on the outside. But on the inside, I'm throwing up. And I mean, I don't think yeah. that's like something special to autistic people, but it could be. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's a that's actually a really cool way to look at it. I like that. I never thought of that. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that, if that's like how they they wrote it, and then with I don't know, and just maybe just the way that um, Egon was originally portrayed, maybe that, like that's something that they were getting at as well with him yeah like just just like an an idea that was sparked so anyway just the only thing that got me that made me think oh maybe this isn't that was when she's like oh i work really well when i'm overstimulated and i'm like i have not met a single autistic person that works well when they're overstimulated (laughs) And I'm like, you, you, you probably have something else then. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I don't think she had too much of an arc other than trying to explain like the ghost thing to everyone. Yeah, which I mean, I mean, would you believe her? It probably would have been a tough sell. <laughs> yeah. I think ghosts for me in general would be a really tough sell. Like even yeah. even the the ch- the chessboard, I probably would have justified that away by being like, "Oh, you probably just moved it in your sleep." Fair, but once she saw the chess piece move, that's when I'm. That's what I've been like. Okay, ghosts. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and I am moving and burning down this house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, like I said, decent enough. Not nothing too special. Yeah. Uh, so now it is sitting at an eighty-two point five. Yeah, that feels better. All right, getting on over to effects. We are sitting at a ninety-four point five. Okay. I like it. Um, yeah. yeah, the effects were great in this film. Um, it's definitely more of a. Uh, it feels uh, kind of like a smaller scale Ghostbusters um, film. Like if you compare it to like the second one, at least a little bit. Um, just because you know, like it takes place in this just kind of like rural town. It's not play- taking place in New York City anymore. Um, but any chance that they got to actually shoot off the um, proton gun looked incredible uh the proton stream coming out looked amazing like i don't know i, f- I feel it's sometimes like uh hard to mess that up but whenever i see it going it just gets gets me freaking hyped up and it looks amazing um honestly i mean um all of the uh cgi effects looked really good as well as the practical effects um i know as far as i know the um some shots of the uh, terror dogs were actually practical. I absolutely believe that. 
Like and they looked really good. Yeah. Like I almost would have believed that they just took the uh the original models from the the eighties Ghostbuster and just repurposed them. Like slapped on a fresh coat of paint or something like that. That I mean, if that is the case, that's freaking cool. But I, I mean, I don't know what they did with those after they finished filming for that original film. Yeah, probably like covered in cement outside of Bill Murray's house. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I do want to. Uh, I I noticed this in my second viewing of this. Um. And I'm th- I'm assuming this is probably just because you know like the proton packs are so old, and you know like stuff changes over time for freaking thirty years. Um, did you notice that like the red lights on the back of the proton pack, like the red lights on the bottom, uh, like the four circles? Yes. Did you notice that were they were like flashing like very fast? Yes. So as far I remember that in the first two, it's supposed to go kind of slow. It goes one, 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 one. It's one single light going through each hole. And so it was kind of weird seeing it just like all going like super fast. Like it looked like just one big, like giant red blinking light. Um, Well, maybe Egon made some modifications. You don't know. (laughs) Okay, that's true. Okay, okay, true. Okay, yeah, but that, yeah, but okay. That would make sense. Well, okay, yeah, no, never mind. I was gonna say that would make sense <laughs> with his pack, but what about the other threes? But okay, yeah, he could have made those modifications years <laughs> before he decided to uh, leave Ghostbusters. Okay, I'm just being very critical. I don't, I don't know. It's just a weird thing that I like. Psalms, like, wait a minute. <laughs> Dude, that is such a minor thing to gripe about. It's not a gripe. It's just like something I noticed. <laughs> Oh, uh, could you imagine going to like the special effects or the the freaking props department being like, "Hey, uh, yeah, th- see these lights? They're blinking a little too fast." <laughs> I'm like, that wasn't even like the biggest thing that that <laughs> they had an issue with. Um, the so getting into some of like the other like special effects because like you said those those um those hell dogs were <laughs> terror dogs terror dogs were a bit more practical like split a bit more i really liked muncher who <laughs> like that looked super good like if you probably could have told me that was partially um practical and i probably would have believed you yeah like no like honestly you can definitely tell that muncher is like the slimer of this movie and i was totally okay with that like honestly I'm like, we didn't get to see slimer <laughs> i didn't really miss him i don't know why <laughs> like muncher sufficed for me that's fair maybe muncher's like close relative yeah see there we go at least we got the Stay Puffs back. That is true. I did very much enjoy seeing the Stay Puffs. Dude, the fact that freaking one, uh, some of them are riding on the uh, like floor vacuum and they run over one of them, and you can see like the white streak on the floor. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my dear. 
It got dark was, very fast, that scene. It totally did. Them walking, or one of them cr- walking across the um, the damn barbecue. <laughs> Just yeah. melting. For, and then, yeah, the freaking one, like, skewing two of them and, yeah, roasting them over the open flame. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? I I actually really like that scene a, a lot. I thought that one was so much fun. I don't know why, but the part that like had me like freaking laughing my ass off was when the first one like falls, and you can see like the marks of the shelf like appear on his stomach. I, I know, know why. that was really funny. Oh, that was so good. Everything looked like really freaking good. I think there were some times where it looked a bit cartoony, like the mini puffs. They they looked pretty cartoony. Yeah, but I, but I wasn't really again, bothered ghosts. by that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that's a good way to explain it. Um, do uh, hell, everything that they did with Gozer looked really, really good. Yeah. Um, like you said, the proton blasts looked really good. The traps looked really good. Um, yeah, there wasn't anything that looked out of place or rubbery. In the slightest. Yeah. I and absolutely agree. Like, everyone freaking heard us gush about how Egon looked. Yeah. Like, that that alone awesome. sets these effects super high. Yeah. No joke. Um, I forget when, when Egon... Or when Phoebe and Egon are like standing next to the originals and all the the other ones are kind of like looking at him and like nodding or like kind of tapping and like look over here. Was that from the original? Uh, Yes, kind of. Um, Because, yeah, that's when they uh, like start to uh, cross the streams. Where they like they tap each other and like look over. Yes. I feel like it's why like, are they, why were they doing that in the original? We're just going to have to watch the original, aren't we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Hashtag worth it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always worth it watching that original masterpiece of a movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like we said, everything looked crisp as hell. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, like I said, we gave this uh, 94.5. Uh, getting into music, we are sitting at a 9. Yeah, I had a feeling you weren't going up for a 10. Not quite. Not. <sighs> okay. Understandable. Ghost, the Ghostbusters theme is iconic and will get stuck in your head. Yeah. The The rest of the soundtrack, on the other hand, just did not do it for me. I've it's many nods um to the original movie. Like I feel like a lot of uh, the soundtrack is just like the classic uh like you know like da 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 da. It's 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 like just like little bits of the original soundtrack which I loved. But what sets it at a ten for me, considering that we count like actual like sound effects and just the use of sound in these films, is the freaking proton pack first turn turning on, and hearing the blast 
But what really sets it for me is when you first hear the sirens of Vecta 1 and roaring at their finest, and oh my god, I got a Ghostbusters boner at that moment. (laughs) Dude, I... I actually grew in appreciation for the the Ecto One sirens because I originally thought that they were so annoying. <laughs> oh, I love, I love, love them! God damn it, I've loved them from the the day I heard them. But you know what? I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. So, one when they started like using the um. The sirens, I, I I loved it. Like I absolutely loved it. And the only complaint that I really have about that is I wish that they probably that they would have used it in a different way. Not not necessarily sure how they should have done it or how I'd have liked to see it happen. But I don't know. There's just uh just some things here and there that I'm like, eh, it probably could have used it a little bit later. No, I get you. Or assemble. Yeah, but other than that, like, yeah, the proton packs getting turned on was was freaking awesome. All of that stuff was was great. The the like I said, the only thing that that killed it for me was the rest of the soundtrack. No, that's fair. Sorry, Sam, I get it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then, anything else on music that you wanted to talk about? No, not 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 really. Yeah, it's kind of hard to to discuss audio when it's just like, oh, it was good, but just like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on over to costumes, I feel like you're gonna kick my ass over this one. We're we're at a nine. <laughs> you know, no, I can't really kick your ass because I I get it. Like it's the same thing with like music. I'm not gonna kick your ass. Yeah, like it, it, the costumes were 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 killer. It was a little bit weird that Egon had four. Four other uh, suits. I think what it was. Um, I gotta watch the original again because I forget how many that they actually like have hanging up in their like certain. Um, because you know each of them has their own like a uh, section. Oh, the like the lockers. Yes. Um, okay. And I forget how many jumpsuits are hanging in each one of theirs. Oh. Um, so okay. well, then that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. A little bit easier to forgive. Um, doesn't make sense why some of them wouldn't have Spangler written on them, though. They all had Spangler written on them. Not podcasts. Well, no, he ripped his... He uh, took... Um, You can actually tell that he took the Spangler one off. Because you can see little bits of the... Um, um The... Oh, my God. What is it? The... Oh, my God. The patch, still there, and then yeah, he just tore that off and wrote podcast on it. Oh, like I knew he did that. I I didn't see the rest of the like the 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 patch leftover stuff. So yeah, you I, can I just st- yeah, you he... can definitely tell that there was a patch there before. 
Oh. But even Lucky's said Spangler? Mm-hmm. I did not notice that worth a shit. <laughs> All right. I mean, that, that tracks. <laughs> uh, it'd be kind of weird if he had, like, ones that didn't say Spangler. It'd be kind of weird to have, like, a no-name. Na- no um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I, I noticed Phoebe's said Spangler. I noticed Podcast said Podcast. I didn't notice, like, the ripped up patch mm. spot or anything. I didn't, I wasn't, Lucky and, and Trevor were just so, like, such background <laughs> characters, I didn't even bother trying to look at, see what theirs said. I found it funny that they're the only two characters that actually put on the elbow pads and knee pads. <laughs> Phoebe and Podcast were just like, F that shit. But, I mean, yeah. I, I guess, like, Considering how much they had to like, kind of like roll up the sleeves and like the pant legs on the jumpsuits, there wasn't really uh, room to put the elbow pads on. Yeah. Um. Gosh, it it. I'll be real. It was really hard for me to not give the costumes a ten. Yeah. The but I think what brought it down was like everyone else's costumes that's the biggest one for me was actually their mom's costume um not her like day-to-day wear but when she became one of the uh the dogs and like was in that dress you didn't like that it was a very unflattering dress (laughs) it's kind of the point because that's a nod that's basically almost the exact same dress that um Dana Barrett wears in the original. Yes, but I also remember that dress working really well for her. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess I can give you that. Yeah. I think so someone it... has the hots for Sigourney Weaver on this episode. I'm actually not even the biggest Sigourney Weaver fan. It just like I thought it looked really good on her, and then for some reason I was, it just felt really unflattering, and like if this isn't like any comment on on the actress at all. I think it was just the dress was just. I think okay, you know what I think it is. I think Sigourney Weaver was just like really tall, and that's okay, and. Forget and me. this actress was just on the shorter side, and so that dress it it just felt like small and compressed, and so I think if they would have gotten something that maybe accentuated her her height a little bit better, I'm actually interested. So okay, yeah. So Carrie Coon in this one, she's five five, and then let's see how tall Sigourney Weaver is. Okay, so Sigourney Weaver's 5'11". Okay. Yeah. So I think... I'm trying to, like, think of what... Like, I'm I'm such not a... Like, a dress person. Like, not... Obviously. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know how to explain what the deal was with 
the dress, but if they would have just done something to make it frame her to be to seem like she was a little bit taller than she was, I think it would have made it work a bit more. Because for whatever reason, that dress made her seem very like short and stocky. Okay, that's fair. Okay, I can get where you're coming from. I'm trying to think. Oh, you know what it it could have been? It could have been the freaking arm thing. The the part of the dress that like is was attached to her arm. Uh, okay. I think the way that she was like holding it out and being like very majestic with that yeah. made it feel like the dress was like a lot boxier than it actually was. Okay. Okay, yeah, I can I can get that. I can understand that. Yeah, so I would have gotten rid of that. The, once Paul Rudd became the the key master, that felt really weird. <laughs> yeah, like the way that he was all like, his clothes were all like ripped apart. Is it just me or like like honestly, I can't wait to be able to watch this movie with subtitles because I couldn't understand a damn thing that they were saying to each other when they first met. Yeah, I understood what Paul Rudd's character was saying. Had no idea what what Callie was saying. And I think that that was the point. (laughs) No. Well, whoever does subtitles for that movie, I really hope that they understood it. Yeah. So, uh, like we said, costumes sitting at a nine. Unless you got any other comments. Nah, I got nothing. All right. Last up, we got our own personal grade. You want me to go first, or I can go first if you want me to. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um. So overall, I freaking loved uh, this Ghostbusters film. This is was this is the true uh, Ghostbusters three. Um. Even though I feel Ghostbusters the video game is kind of the same thing. Let's just call them both Ghostbusters 3. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, great. I uh, really enjoyed the new characters. Loved seeing the uh, original uh, three back together again. Um, and the way that they were able to incorporate uh, Harold Ramis' ghost um, was amazing. They did an incredible job. Um, yeah, I, I have very few problems with this one. Um, it, it's definitely more grounded than the other two considering that you don't really get a lot of ghost busting until the end. Um, but the, nothing wrong with that. Um, I think Jason Reitman did a great job bringing the Ghostbusters franchise franchise back to life. And um, I'm really hoping that this movie does well enough that we can continue to see more Ghostbusters stuff. So uh, I'm going to actually go a 95. Damn. Um. All right. Well, I am a little bit lower. I, I, like I said, I really enjoyed this movie. Had a lot more fun with it than I thought I was going to, and because I'm not even like the biggest Ghostbusters nerd, not nearly as much as as Rose is. <laughs> um. Yeah, and like that. That's not like an insult or roasting you or anything. No, it's just like yeah. not my. My thing, and I, I have no idea why. <laughs> I think Nothing it's just with it. like with no. I think what I think what the my issue might be is that it's ghosts, and there's like a part of me that's expecting to be scared, 
And so it maybe turns me off to the series as a whole, even though I See, know it's fair. not that's scary. Yeah, no, but no, that's understandable. I get it. Yeah, it's just because I'm like a major bitch when it comes to being scared. <laughs> he is, folks. He really is. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that was like my my big issue with getting into Ghostbusters. But I had an absolute blast when Egon was on screen and like everything that they did to include him. Like it, like I was filled with some like genuine emotion, like very strong emotion. Like I was on the verge of, of tears with, with some of the stuff that they pulled off. So like, that's, that's a big deal for me, especially with the, with the, franchise that i'm not too familiar with um but yeah like i said too this could have easily been what the force awakened was meant to be or that came out wrong this is what force awakens should have been yes absolutely not ignoring the fact that they're copying the same story from the original but uh, acknowledging it and accepting that and just running with it. And then just, hell, I mean, I think we got all of the, the freaking fan service that we could get out of this movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't think there's one thing that they did in this movie that they, like, didn't address. Or... <sighs> Basically, there's not like a single thing that wasn't like fan serviced <laughs> or ignored, other than I would say Slimer. But yeah, like, but like Rose said, we kind of got our fill with that with Muncher. So, I mean, overall, like you cannot complain about this movie, at least in regards to to that. Like, if you wanted to say, oh, it's just fan service, like, yeah, no shit. But at its finest. Yeah. So I think this pulled off what Force Awakens just could not. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, I'm a little bit lower. I'm going to give it an 88. Okay, I like it. Yeah, so averaging that out, that brings us to a 91.5. Which also concludes this breakdown. So, the final All Bros letter grade for Ghostbusters Afterlife has come to a B plus. Yeah, very strong B plus too. Hell yeah. Um, let me figure out where it's sitting. So out of, let's see, out of 37 B-plus movies, Ghostbusters Afterlife is sitting at number seven. Sweet. Yeah. So, like I said, it's sitting at an 89.75. Not bad at all. Yeah, so that puts it above Better Watch Out, 
which was at 89.72. Okay. Uh, puts it above Black Widow, which was at an 89.62. Puts it above Ready or Not, which is at 89.40. Uh, puts it above our original Spider-Man Far From Home score, which is at an 89.35. <laughs> And then finally puts it above Black Panther, which was at an an 89.34. All right. Yeah. And then that puts it below De Five Bloods, which is at an 89.8. Puts it below Marriage Story, which is at an 89.81. Puts it below Elf, which is at an 89.85. Not bad. Um, it's below Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is at an 89.87. And then puts it below The Avengers, which is at an 89.88. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely understand that one. Yeah, the margins on this one are, like, ridiculously tight. Damn. Like, we have to get... Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, it's like ten movies before we even get a full percentage away. Wow. Like the margins in our B plus uh grades are, are really freaking tight. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I think a B plus super good score for yeah, this. No. No, no, I, abs- I absolutely agree. And definitely being on the stronger side, like, no joke. So our number, our top B-plus movie is Rocket Man, which is at, at an 89.9. Oh, okay. The Ghost, so Ghostbusters Afterlife is 0.2% away from that. Wow. Damn. Yeah. So like like I said, the margins are ridiculously tight. <laughs> All right. Ah uh, yeah. Um. Well, unless you have anything else to say about the movie. Nope. Okay. Um. Well, that concludes uh this week's episode. Um. If you like what you heard, her heard heard heard. <laughs> yeah, heard. If you like what you heard. Uh, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Even though, even though we switch to Podbean, we should still be everywhere. Um, so you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, you can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube. Um, if you prefer to listen that way, um, you can follow us on social media. Uh, where you can uh, DM us with uh, episode ideas, answers to sorry, answers to our questions of the week, um, or that's also a great way to contact us if you ever want to join us for an episode. Um, and those are Facebook.com. Uh, wow, I'm screwing this up already. Uh, Facebook is Facebook.com forward slash the Albros. Twitter and Instagram at the Albros. Or you can email us, um, if you prefer to do that, at channel at gmail.com. And, even though we have nothing on it, we also have a TikTok now. 
uh, just search the All Bros, and you should be able to find us on TikTok. But we will get stuff out there soon. We promise. Or at Hell least yeah. I promise. <laughs> Considering that Caleb has generously granted me uh, TikTok control. <laughs> Jeez, you make me seem like such a warden. <laughs> no. <laughs> he is, guys. Just kidding. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> I'm kidding, bro. I'm kidding. Um, if you want to check out our website, uh, you can check it out at tinyurl.com forward slash the all bros, where that is the, uh, where that is the best place to, um, be able to get merch considering at T public, they keep taking down all of our good shit because damn companies keep copywriting us freaking assholes. Um, so if you want a shirt, hoodie, whatever made with a certain logo that's already been taken down, um, be sure to fill out a form on there and we will be gladly, we will gladly get that made up for you. Hell yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so next week on the podcast, we will be breaking down the next installment in the Matrix franchise. And I always forget the names of these films. The Matrix Reloaded. Um, so yeah, I want to say this was actually the one I watched the most as a kid. I think so. I think it was the second one that I watched the most as a kid. So hopefully the second one maybe holds up better for me than the first one. We'll see. Hoping it it triggers your nostalgia, just a little bit more, <laughs> um, or may it might be the third one. Um, what are your have Have you seen the Matrix? Uh, uh, what is it? Um, Resurrections. Have you seen the trailer for it? Uh, yes. What are you, What are your thoughts so far? What do you think? Of it? I think it looks pretty good. Like, I think there's definitely some things that they're going to have to explain, like what the hell happened to Morpheus. But from what I've heard is um, like uh, this supposed to just be like a Morpheus from like a different uh, not timeline, but God, I don't know. I know like I've heard like they actually are explaining it very well. Why it's not Lawrence Fishburne's Morpheus. That's good. I, I just Did hope I... that we that this doesn't feel like a cash grab. Yeah, I hope so. I, I said the right actor, right? It is Lawrence Fishburne? Yes. Okay, alright. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> um, No, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I do want to point out something really quickly. Um, okay, so in in the, the first three Matrix films, Keanu Reeves does not have a beard. But in right. this one... Well, and not long hair, but in this one, you know, like he has this classic long hair that he has now, and a beard. Um, if if they can give let him keep the beard for the Matrix, why couldn't they have done that for Bill and Ted? Face the music. I'm, yeah, right. I'm sorry. Just <laughs> Keanu Reeves just looks way too weird without a beard now. It. Mm, I think it would. It still would have worked just fine with his character if he had a beard in Bill and Ted Three, but. I digress. That's my only complaint. Um, but fair. anyway, yeah. Uh, so that's next week's episode. <laughs> Got way off topic there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, be sure to uh, check uh, the, the... Oh my god. <sighs> be sure to look forward to that. 
Um, but until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I am the one that just F's up everything every single episode. <laughs> and I'm the one that screws up the other half. <laughs> and we will catch you guys next week. So long. Deuces. <laughs>